Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. We seize it, episode 118. This time we're tackling the peace. Or I guess it's not the peacemaker, it's just peacemaker. But he's the character from the Suicide Squad. That's right. That's right. That's good. Yeah, because there was the original Suicide Squad, and this is the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. James yeah. James Gunn went back, and and I, it's not really a, a re reboot, but it does because uh, no. it keeps uh, some of the same characters, Harley Quinn, and yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, and, and it, I never really read The Suicide Squad, but I kind of uh, know a little bit about it from the comic books, and it's like a uh, a team that's always switching out, so this this could just be the, the next Suicide Squad team that goes out. I mean, well, and, and if anybody's seen that movie, you saw what happened to, to the A-team part of it. They just got <laughs> annihilated. That's right. Right? You know, they were set up for that, which I thought was hilarious because I was looking at some of these guys going, what? They're going to make a movie? And like, oh, oh, no, okay. I get it. I get it now. <laughs> I know you, when they were showing previews for that, they introduced a lot of the characters. And yeah, within the first 10 minutes, half of them are, <laughs> are toast. Yeah. Spoiler. Uh, right, yeah. But so, and funny enough, uh, going from that show, I would have never thought Peacemaker was the one that was going to have uh, his own show after that. Like, he well, was probably that, one of the least that, that was Yeah, that wasn't the plan. That was actually James Gunn, while they were shooting uh, The Suicide Squad, uh, just saw that, that uh, John Cena was you know, really had some good acting chops, thought it was a character that uh, could be explored more. So it was actually, I think just, he was inspired by John Cena and how he took over that role. So nice. Um, so yeah, I think that's yeah, great. And, and realistically, I mean, John Cena kills this character. I mean, he, he nails it a hundred percent. It just, it works so well. And he's such a, a unknown character that they can kind of do whatever and it works. So. James Gunn said that his improv, he, this for movies that he's made, John Cena's improv uh, was made it into the movie the most. You know, he's he's had other characters, other actors improv roles, but uh, he said John Cena uh, was was the top uh, performer when it came to improv making it to the final cut, which I thought was pretty nice. impressive because you don't think about that. You know, you think, oh, WWE, uh, he, he kind of comes across as, as he kind of plays a, a dumb, uh, kind of has this kind of persona right. uh, <laughs> that, that he plays up a little bit. But man, he, uh, he does, he does a great job with even the dramatic moments, the, he, he, that you know he played his own piano that that was inspired off a real incident when james gunn uh lost his dog john cena played him something on the piano and oh, that inspired nice. him to who to write that scene into the movie when, <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> impressive but then just the fact that he can handle his own when it comes to comedy and improv is uh, really impressive i'm going right, on right. too much we yeah. haven't even started so uh but no, no, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about is yep. Peacemaker and starring John Cena. Uh, this was an eight episode uh, DCE miniseries or series put out on HBO Max, um, which is where all the DC stuff lives. Disney has Marvel, D uh, 
HBO has DC, so you can get all your comic goodness from them. Um, <laughs> That's right. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, the, it's it's a fabulous, uh, fun show. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna get into that. But before we get too far, uh, I'm your one of your hosts here, Noah, and with me as always is my main man, Steve. Thank, Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Or should should I call you my BFF, or or do you got someone else there that's your yeah, BFF? my first, second, or fifth, right? <laughs> Is that how Vigilante put put it when he was talking to them? You're my first. You're my second. You're my fifth. <laughs> true, true. Um, and then uh, before we get too far into this, we always uh, how we see it like to pair whatever we're watching with a cocktail or drink uh, or something to uh, sip on throughout the show. And uh, I, I, I saw your text already, so uh, I was kind of intrigued by that. Uh, I want to hear what's behind it. So what do you got, oh. Steve? Oh, yeah. Well, there's that wonderful scene. Well, there's a lot of wonderful scenes in this movie, but there's a there's a great one. Um, I, got, I got notes everywhere here, so I got to make sure. Um, there's, there's a lot of characters, so I want to make sure. That, uh, there's Economos is kind of a, uh, you know, also known as Diebeard, um, is, yeah, is picked on quite a bit. And But there's a great moment in the in. Uh, one of the episodes around the middle when they're in the in their uh, Winnebago or whatever they're driving bus to, to get to something where um, w- there's a moment of bonding when he asks for some uh, well first off this whole series is uh, built off uh, like like James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy you've got he's got a playlist but this is all glam rock or like hair oh, right, hair right, metal right. or whatever you want to call it uh, um, and uh, but uh, there's a moment when uh, uh, Economos asks for uh, Hanoi Rocks, which I had never heard of, but apparently they kind of uh, are considered um, in some circles to be the, the, the band that introduced glam rock. They kind of formed in, 70, oh, okay. in 1979. Uh, he's got a tattoo on his uh, on his arm, what it says like Eleventh Street Crew. Yeah, Eleventh Street Crew, which I think is even uh, called out a little later when she sends out the text. Uh, yeah. You know, the, um, uh, with the picture, but um, so I got really kind of excited about Hanoi Rocks, the the moment where they kind of bonded and it it, it stepped up above the bullying and and kind of poking fun at him, and he felt like he belonged a little bit. So I found a cocktail called uh, Hanoi on the Rocks, which I thought. Brilliant. So, so that's where that comes from. It was a, it's a, it's a cocktail that is a, you'll find on a Main Spirits Company. It's a, it's a distribution company and that distributes a lot of, lot of uh, spirits in Maine. But th- they have it. I pretty much matched it. I had to do a little bit of difference because it's a, it's a uh, coffee liqueur based drink. So it calls for um, a brandy-based coffee liqueur, some bourbon, some condensed milk, and some um, uh, vanilla, vanilla extract. I didn't, my, I have a coffee liqueur, but it's vodka-based. It's like an Australian vodka is its base. So I added a little brandy to it. So I, I put uh, one, instead of two ounces of this coffee, this brandy-based coffee liqueur, I did 1.5 ounces of, of my, of my vodka-based uh, coffee liqueur and added about an ounce of brandy just to kind of keep that keep that um, uh, base going with the brandy. Added some uh, bullet bourbon because uh, uh, I don't know because that's a good bourbon that I've got. <laughs> um, yeah. well, I, there's a lot of bullets. And I went. I didn't have condensed milk. I had to go to the store and what did I find? I found 
Eagle Brand condensed milk. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> nice. I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, so I got yeah. my Eagly reference in there too. Um, and uh, about an ounce of that, some vanilla, you shake it up on ice. And it tastes just like, you know, like a, you know, like one of those, um, milkshakes you get from the cop from starbucks you know a, a mocha milkshake oh, oh, okay. nice <laughs> it's, it's that's really usually nice. how i like mine yeah 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 so um cheers that's my cocktail nice. hanoi on the rocks <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing is when i first saw that it was it was just the quick text across my phone i thought it said handy on the rocks oh <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, he's going with it. Okay. He's going to get a handy on the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's perfect. Uh, which would fit in with this movie just as well as a Hanoi yeah. on the rock. So. You know what I tried to do? I, this was, this is some of the ice that I made myself. So it's, so it's, it's a big, uh, it's a big ice that just fits right in there. And I tried to chisel problem. it. I think one of your daughters, when I was, when I was over there on, on, a, on our beer podcast night and I was a little, I had a little bit to drink, not as much as some of you guys, but <laughs> I had enough to where I can't remember which, which daughter I was talking to, or maybe it was a previous uh, uh, gathering, but I was talking about the ice that I had made and the yeah. recommendation was that I, that I chisel it a little bit into a, um, in, do a little bit of, of ice art. And I, I actually tried to chisel this into his helmet. You know, I thought it might be kind of oh, cool. Yeah. Pulling, you know, I, so it's so it's got a little bit of a rounded top, but I couldn't, you know, I didn't have the right tools to actually do, yeah, you, you know, I think ice art. Ice, yeah, for ice yeah. art, I think you need a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe that's it. That's yeah, it. Well, that would have been perfect too, because we got the whole gorilla right. scene with the with the <laughs> chainsaw. But but Cindy pointed out that I was chiseling this, and and John Cena's chiseled in the in the show. So oh, so there you go. Nice. No, no, nice. not to that. Good, that's kind of good, a stretch. Good, good but, uh, <laughs> it's not a stretch. He is very chiseled, and he talked about you know he worked a lot on his his smaller muscle groups too. And right. Really upset that right. He when he's at the show. hospital at the very beginning, right? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. I, that made me laugh just thinking of like uh, a good friend of mine growing up that w became a bodybuilder for a while. And that was something that he would say because he was always talking about the small muscle group, too, and stuff like that. Awesome. So you mentioned Eagly. So Eagly to me <laughs> is uh, he's my new uh, Grogu. Like he's <laughs> a child. Uh, I just loved everything about him. I mean, I love the I, I I don't care for the opening like it's fun to watch once and then I get a little bored with it. Yeah. It's like the, the dance is funny. The song is nice. It, it's, it's, you know, fun, but it just is like, oh, I can only watch it so many times. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. But I love how eagerly comes in at the end and, and does his pose and his, his screech and everything. I just love that part of it. Yeah. Uh, I thought their portrayal of eagerly, I know you've got a drink to talk about, but I thought they did a good <laughs> job, not overdoing it. They didn't, they didn't make eagerly, you know, he didn't talk. He didn't, over, I mean, the most he did that kind of personified his character was that hug. Um, and just, you know, certainly the fact that he's in the backseat, but it's almost enough, you know, even, even, um, uh, even who, what's her name calls bullshit. Um, uh, oh, uh, oh, what? Uh, uh, Adebayo. Adebayo calls bullshit yeah. when, when he talks about the hug. And that was, yeah. and, and then in the end, when, when, when he did she hug. She gets to see it. Yeah, she gets to see it. But it's almost something that you could, you could almost buy into that, that they didn't overdo it enough to where it just seemed like it was too far-fetched. Instead, it was yeah. just that fine line where you thought, well, maybe is an eagle trainable to where they can hug and do that sort of stuff? Which I, I got, don't know if they, that was pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if they are. But if they are, I want an eagle hug. <laughs> my, my drink is called an eagle's hug. Nice. 
So uh, I was looking and I was finding all kinds of stuff and I, I took a base. Uh, I kind of I modified this from a different one to make my own. So I, I took the base of called a double eagle, right? And it's basically it was um, it was two ounces of a, a bourbon, two ounces of uh, Southern Comfort and two ounces of uh, fresh lemon juice. And that was a double eagle. And I'm like, well, that sounds delicious. But I got to change it up. So I needed something to make it a hug. And I'm like, what's a hug? And it's it's got a warmth to it and stuff like that and then and a sweetness. So I had to get a little sweetness in there. So I went with some simple sugar, kind of sweeten it up a little bit. And then I, I was like, well, what else is going to make this more of a, just the cherry on the top, the the the, the sweetness and the, the comfort that it was. And I went with uh, – I floated a uh, port on top of this. You know, oh, nice. A little bit extra. And so uh, it's a play kind of on this double eagle and also a, a whiskey, a New York whiskey sour or New York sour, which also was kind of the whiskey sour with the float. And so, but I went with uh, Brother Bond's, uh, Brother Bond um, bourbon or whiskey that I had just because of the name, right? Because they have that bond. It's not really a brotherly bond completely. It's more like Eagley's got this stupid little kid he's taking care of, like his little brother, <laughs> you know? Because, you know, in, in the relationship, Eagley knows that he's the one that Tina couldn't survive without him. He's always bringing him food, you know, like, hey, dropping him a weasel here and there. And it's yeah. like, you know, so uh, I had to go with that. And then I had never I have never had Southern Comfort before. It seems really strange that I never have because it seems like such a common you, all, you always hear about it, but I had never had it. Um, and apparently it's like a kind of a sweetened whiskey. It's not a straight whiskey. It's got some some fruitness to it. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat, but I had never got it. So I got it today uh, at our favorite uh, non-sponsored uh, alcohol store, uh, the Bottle Barn. Nice. <laughs> so, um, which was kind of fun. So now I have I have that because I've seen a lot of other drinks that I've looked at in the past and call for it, but I never have it. So I have it. And then I I still had some lemons off my tree, so fresh squeezed lemon in it, which worked out perfect. And uh, this is really delicious. Uh, I could drink these a lot. Um, my float did not work as well as I had hoped. Uh, so in the pictures they'll show it's it's more of a splashed into it kind of dilute down through it. <laughs> it does it, it didn't float as well as I was hoping so. <laughs> nice. But it is very tasty. I think Eagle, uh, the Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to talk about the the character, but what were you going to say about Oh, I was just going to say I I actually Oh, I was going to say uh adding that little bit of sweetness. I think if without that simple syrup it would be a really tart drink and it would be a little much for some but that little bit of sweetness really, really makes this just a warm hug. It's yeah, really nice. nice. <laughs> um, the Eagle character was, this is an original character for the series. I, I did a little research just to see. Mm. And I also found out, though, that just this last February, they introduced Eagle to the comics. So it is now, Eagle Eagle oh. is now canon in the comics, but it's it was originated from from the series so it's uh it's kind of well that's good that they didn't give yeah. him like a doggy or a daughtery you know that would have been really weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> i it, there's just so many little one liners in in this show that it, it's it's so fun i was actually watching some of this today at work um, i think i watched the first four episodes again and uh it was really, really funny. Um, just so, the the way they play off each other and some of the stuff that they do. Great characters too. I mean, we talked about. Um, we we get some of these that were in um, the Suicide Squad, right? With uh, uh, John Cena as, as uh, Christopher Smith, who is the peacemaker. We also had. Um, yeah, uh, the, Amanda Waller's Harcourt. team. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think I don't think it's all of them. It's just uh, uh, Agent Hardcore and um, uh, Economos. Yeah, there was uh, another Economos. character, the one that beat her in, you know, that that whacked her over the head in in the Suicide yeah, Squad. No, I know, but they actually added a scene at the very beginning of this when they do the little recap. They show that mm. she got arrested. That scene wasn't actually right. in the Suicide Squad, but they put it into the recap. And James oh, Gunn okay. said it was it was so that audiences weren't confused why she wasn't she was no longer got a part it. of the team. <laughs> so well, it's funny, funny. cuz I started to watch I started to watch the the Suicide Squad again the other day. And then I, I just kind of combined the two. It's like they, they meld so well to each other. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, Harcourt, which is Jennifer uh, Holland, and uh, Steve uh, Ag as uh, John Economos or uh, Die Beard, as they like to mm-hmm. call him. Funny thing, too, is a lot of people in, in some... I didn't get a lot of, a ton of podcasts. Got a couple um, that were talking about it. Uh, some of the people were calling her a- Agent Hottie, which I thought was... This <laughs> she 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 was a a great mix of a very attractive strong female character that could kick ass and just took no shit was like very serious but also really fit the role so well like she did and it surprised me when i found out that she's engaged to james gunn and they've been dating for like seven seven years um which, oh shit! I didn't know and, that. And the reason why it surprised me is because I thought she was so well cast. Because sometimes you find that you know if it's you know someone gets a role because of nepotism or some, you know some some right. sort of uh, you know gimme role that that it, they don't quite fit. But I thought she rocked that role. Yo, for sure she did. I I mean it, she fit it perfect. Uh, then the the other two parts of the team are uh, oh damn I'm gonna fuck his name up. <laughs> Ijewa? Is this Mr. Mern? Mr. Merm, yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't even write uh, down his actual name on my notes. I just wrote down his I've Mr. heard Merm. other people say it, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't even try that. But um, And then uh, Danielle Brooks uh, played uh, Adebayo, who um, she's, she's, I think, most famous for Orange is the New Black, and she is a great character in this one, really fits off. She plays um, the daughter of, um, oh, why am I blanking? Amanda Waller. Waller, that's it. Yep. I was, I'm like, oh, yeah. And, and that, she played a great, it, it just works so well. Uh, but that team, you know, they start off like, like in any movie where there's just tension and, and nobody really, you know, well, you, the team kind of trusts each other, but scene is not really in that team just yet. And they have to work their way to it. And they do it throughout the course of it and they do it really well. And it, it works, you know, like, like most movies, it, it, it slowly goes over time with having to build through bonding moments and stuff like that yeah yeah one of the i listened to a little bit of podcasting and one of them talked about it as a you know they, they referred to it as a workplace comedy like the office you know and and you know like <laughs> like peacemaker was dwight dwight Schrute. now I, <laughs> I i actually turned off the podcast about really really quickly because i was i was totally uh, i didn't think they were going the direction that i agreed with so uh, um <laughs> But uh, it's like I don't want to listen to this because because this is just obnoxious. No, I get that. But but I thought I thought it was interesting that that's how how they saw it as a workplace comedy, and they were making some references to that, but uh, which I'll get into a little bit later. But uh, uh, but I thought that was that was interesting, and that's you do see that where they're kind of coming in and and they're they've got their office. Hey, get out of that desk. That's mine. You know, pushing people right, away. Right, right. You know? The new the new girl. Yep. Well, I mean, it starts off too, right? They, I mean, they kind of ambush him at his house, mm-hmm. uh, right? And and it all starts, you know, 
he, he's he's kind of under an interrogation with these four people in his trailer. I, I love the fact that Economos is in the back, you know, eating his like four year old uh, <laughs> olives out of his fridge, and he calls him on it. But then he keeps uh, eating them. That, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if they're not bad, they're not bad. Um, but just it, it just really works well the way they start it. Uh, we also get introduced to. He kind of becomes a sixth member of the team throughout the movie, but it's it's a it's a very interesting character, and um, that's uh, Adrian Chase or Vigilante, yeah, uh, played by uh, Fed- Freddie uh, Stroma, Stroma. Yeah, I had him as not- notable from the move from the series The Crew, which is just last year. Or so, oh okay, uh, haven't seen um, that. It's a uh, something to do with uh, racing, auto oh, gotcha. racing. Anyway. I had seen is it before, a, but this is a character that it's it's very interesting. Like some of the people I listened to were like, "This guy is the greatest." They're in love with him, and I was kind of like, "He's okay." He, there's some funny parts to him, but he uh, like he's also can be a very annoying character. He's an annoying character. He's a sociopath. He has absolutely oh, yeah. no no <laughs> un, you know feeling you know care about <laughs> any yeah yeah he doesn't have feelings it's just so but uh but he is hilarious and they play off it well um uh yeah yeah he's a very interesting character and it was funny because uh, to me he's one of those like i wouldn't see him as people him becoming their favorite character just because of the annoyance level and just some of the stupid shit he does and and uh, the interesting thing that I found out about him is uh, they actually had a different actor cast in as Vigilante and had filmed as many as five and a half episodes before they decided to go a different direction. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So they had to go and reshoot a bunch of this stuff. And uh, it, it just ridiculous. I mean, the fact that, you know, it went the way it did and he had to go redo all that in... in he killed. So they, they pulled a Marty McFly on uh, on uh, Peacemaker. Interesting. I wonder if they'll ever release any of that footage. Who? Do you know who the actor was or I, what, I, what the reason behind it was? Okay. Um, I don't know the name of the actor. Uh, the reasoning was uh, differences of opinions with the director. Oh, okay. So apparently, uh, Gunn was looking at it going a different way, and apparently, the actor disagreed with them and. And so that became the, the the struggle. Apparently, was what I heard. You, you know, that's 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 good to hear. One of the things that I think makes this series so successful is that it's backed by a singular vision. You know, he's and he's. Uh, although I will say he's, you know, he's very open to improv, as we've seen with yeah. with uh, John Cena. But one of the things that I think some of the Netflix series that we've we viewed, especially the the long oh. series. Um, the ones that have different directors, and this did have yeah. a couple different directors, but he directed the the five majority episodes. of them, and he wrote the wrote all of them. But yeah. you're going to get a, a vision, and you know it's either going to work or it's not. But in this case, there was a great balance. He's he seems like he's really on top of current culture. Well, and even the ones he yeah, even the ones he didn't direct directly, he was still involved in. So yeah, and, I didn't get a he, sense of any difference in uh, in pacing. Well, or he also let rhythm. characters yeah. really drive their character. Like mm-hmm. he said, you know, the Cena is the one that came up with a lot of the stuff that you know was what. <laughs> peacemaker was and stuff like that yeah uh, i listened to some people that had interviews with with james gunn and some others and uh and just uh there was one podcast i didn't care for the main two on the podcast but uh it, it was called pot pod 
Pottily, Pottily, and it's an HBO specific one. Like it's an after show. It's they, the one they actually they, advertise right at the beginning of the. Yeah, I, think so. I didn't listen to it, but I saw Pottily or something. Like that. I didn't care for the two hosts, but they did bring on people from the show uh, each episode, and I enjoyed that a lot. The the two hosts were, I mean, they're very they're very much common day like. They didn't add a lot. Like it just kind of like you know they're just they just got some key, you know people that are new into the the system and they're just you know they're probably the students of uh, you know radio TV whatever it is and they kind of just I don't know it 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 wasn't horrible but it was it was it was worth it for the interviews. If it wasn't for the interviews, I probably would have listened to the whole thing. <laughs> but I, I shouldn't shit on other people's podcasts because I'm sure we have our issues too. But anyways. <laughs> Um, no, it, it, they did a great job. And, and then one of the ones is, is they talked to uh, Gunn, and he was talking about how much Cena really was in charge of controlling what, you know, peace, who he was and what he did. I, and his I know his whole, and, his whole bisexual nature yeah. <laughs> was completely, you know, brought on by Cena. But it's, it's, it's hilarious throughout when, you know, some of the things. Well, that... I, and I, I, you know, it's funny. So. One of the interesting themes that I got that a lot of people picked up that I didn't really, I mean, I understand why some people would think this way, but they, they and, and I, I tried to watch this just specifically for it because it was one of those ones that I didn't see it in it. Um, the character of Peacemaker and, and, and uh, Chris Smith was uh, said from, you know, and it was brought up in the show a couple times, but they never really backed it up with any real evidence. It's just people saying it is that... Uh, peacemaker was racist and i was like i don't i don't get that i didn't i didn't understand i mean his father yes was you know supposed to be in the in the comics he's actually a real nazi but in in the show he's just kind of a white supremacist type um you know white dragon definitely you know has that and and so it's kind of just like that they automatically call him a racist because of his father and i was like but if it if you look at his actions there's nothing about him that shows that he's a racist other than people saying, Oh, well you're a racist. And so I didn't get that, but he is very much a kind of a meathead sexist type, you know, with, with a lot of what he did. And so I get that part of it. And so it was, I, I, it was, I think it was brought up in like the very beginning with the, uh, with the janitor. What's his name? Uh, I got his name down here. The, uh, <laughs> Hamil or Jamil yeah. janitor who works at the hospital where peacemakers admitted at the beginning who accuses him of being a racist. And, and it was, I thought it was a great exchange because yeah, peacemakers trying to defend himself. Chris is saying, you know, I'm, you know, what do you mean I'm a racist? I don't, you know, I haven't, I don't have that, but he says, it was more about profiling how he he's he's well, he's taken out more um you know he more... says i've 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 i i kill criminals yes it's not my part it's not my pro or my discretion of what race they are that doesn't go into what it's they're criminals you're either a criminal or you're not and he goes well you know you know you got to look at more white people and i was like okay but i mean that doesn't make him a racist no, it doesn't. But it was great. It was the nuance of it that I thought was that I appreciated how they fleshed it out. One of the things that, you know, I, I wrote down this 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 series does not shy away from social topics. I wrote down True. 
you know, body shaming, you know, we got your dick shaming, your tit oogling, you know, all that racial profiling, offensive language, you know, as far as social norms, sex discrimination, domestic violence, wealth inequality, you know, you got your trailer trash and climate change. They talk about that boy with the, with the, uh, the butterfly at the end, trying to defend themselves and what they're doing. Uh, certainly gun violence, bullying is really addressed, gaslighting, name calling, white supremacy, deep state, ageism, even with the way he kind of mock, you know, mocks the, the neighbor, mocking, even mocking suffering, you know, where where it's it's almost the way Peacemaker bonds with his dad is by, by you know, sh- telling a story about how, uh, what is it, blood, <laughs> Bloodshot is, you know, locked into, you He's know, how he- phobia. Yeah, his rat phobia, and they're laughing, and how Vigilante kind of comes to adore Peacemaker, even though, Peacemaker really shamed him as a child. It's almost like it, it's exposing how we, rather than face our enemies, we embrace our enemies almost like it's our way of coping with that. And and it brings up some of the contradictory natures between Peacemaker and his mortal enemy, the butterflies in the end, they both kind of have the same motives. You know, he wants peace at all costs, no matter how many people he has to kill. The butterflies <laughs> at the end, they've made that same kind of commitment to, you know, to save the planet, no matter how many people they have to kill. I, I'm just saying that I, I think this series does a good job not shying away from these things. It explores, it, 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 but it also doesn't normalize these things. It explores the consequences, both from a from a kind of more of a global standpoint, but also more uh, uh, a personal standpoint. Because you know, like with the way Diebeard uh, gets kind of ha- has his moment of where they where they connect At with the him. End. Yeah, where where you see it, and so um, so anyway, I I I I think this is a series that. Is is really opens the door to a lot of these social topics, and it it explores them in a good way. No, it does. It does. It doesn't shy away, and it it doesn't it doesn't poke fun of it to make fun of just or and it doesn't play one side. You know, there's no there's no left right agenda. You know what I mean? There's no this is right that this is wrong. This is you know what I mean. Uh, I I agree because I think left right agendas typically uh, remain on the surface. When you hear, uh, you know, comments from the left or comments from the right, they're usually talking points, and they don't, you know, they don't talk about the nuance. But I do right. think I do think these social issues have a place, and I think, you know, one of the one of yeah, the podcasts, that's what makes it beautiful is is that the, he doesn't. One of the podcasts I listened to was is Peacemaker woke you know it's something to to do with woke and 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 i thought man this is interesting because there are so many uh there's so many social you know well it made me want to look up the definition of woke and i guess it comes back from 1930 or 1940 where there had something to do it was but it was it's come back into into uh notice specifically in like 2014 with black lives matter and some of the some of the things but it's an awareness of um, and an attentive to important facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. This is some of the definitions gained widespread use in 2014 as part of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. It's also an alert to racial prejudice and discrimination, broader awareness of social inequalities such as sexism, identity politics, and social justice of white privilege, slavery, reparations, these sort of things. 
But I do think that there has become kind of a negative connotation to this idea of being woke. And it's, it's almost used as a smear, as a smear on people that are, you know, pandering to political correctness or, you know, yeah. issues that, and they don't want to be labeled as woke because it's become kind of a, 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 a way of identifying. It's almost a way of dismissing these causes, these valid causes. It's like, oh, you're just being woke. Part of it's well, part of it, I think, is 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 worth delving into, and that's where I think this kind of gets beyond that 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 kind of surface and right. dives into it, looks at real consequences and why these issues are important, regardless of politic politics. Right, and that's and that's what I was trying to say is it doesn't it doesn't until I kind of after. kind of took off on my my rant. No, no, that's, in, that's what we're, that's how you see it. But yeah. um, no, what I was trying to say is is it doesn't pander to one side or the other. Where we do get a lot of shows that are the quote uh, you know woke media shows where it's pandering to one side or the other. Mostly, if, if it's considered woke, it's mostly pandering to the left, where they only deal in one side. They're like, this is what you did, and it's wrong. It's never about well why. Why is that side thinking that way? And where is the middle ground? Where where is the disconnect? You know, that's what that's where I think when woke is used as a slander is is because typically someone's uh, berating or talking down or only talking from the left side. And and I do say that because that's typically where where it's used as a derogatory sure. is towards the left. Um, is that it's 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 only their side is right. There is no, well, you know, both sides have a rightness to them. Both sides have a wrongness to them. There's got to be a part where everybody works together in the middle. Not just one side is, is, can always be correct. Not to say that, you know, issues on both sides aren't correct in certain ways and some people can be wrong. I'm just saying that that's, that's typically the way I see it. And, and you're right. That's what makes this great is they, they, don't, they don't isolate a side. And this, is what I, and this is sometimes when I'll turn off podcasts is – when they start getting really political and they're very one-sided um, and start trashing, you know, one side or the other, just, you know, ridiculously for whatever. It, there's a lot of it. And and, and I, I will say in podcasts, and I don't know why it's mostly left-leaning, but a lot of people really start bagging on, like, I, and there was a couple that I was listening to started going on to some rants about Trump and and things like that, and I was like, "What is this? This what does this have to do anything with this?" And you know, and they got into the toxic masculinity, you know, talks about John Cena and stuff, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, you're yeah." You're not I brought up toxic masculinity. We were yeah. talking about Fight Club, so um, yeah, it's it's. I don't mind people discussing it. I mean. It's, I don't think I heard a podcast that immediately kind of went to the direction that said, this isn't, this isn't activism. This is just a workplace comedy. And I thought that was very limiting. It's like, no, there's, there's absolutely, he's James Gunn is taking every opportunity to, to throw all these topics into there. And, but he's just not treating them as political issues. Instead, right. he's, he's delving into how they affect others. He's delving into to bullying. And yeah, there, there's a certain- And also where humor. it comes from, not there's just- a, Yeah, there's a humor to bullying, but at the same time, there's a consequence. <laughs> there's someone that's gonna suffer. Let's explore that. I mean, all sure. these characters are built off of something that happened in their past 
that derived from one of these social issues. So I think that's fascinating to see how that can actually have consequences and create right. these kind of really fucked up superheroes. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So not only, and you hit on it, like it, it dealt with the past and where it came from and where, where they were. Um, one of the podcasts I listened to, and I wish I could remember exactly which one it was. It said it because I thought it was, it was a beautiful statement was this, they saw as a, um, a statement from Gunn himself. Cause you know, Gunn went through that whole thing where he got fired from Disney from, from tweets like 10 years ago, you know, where it's like, and, and this was him saying, look, you know, he's talking to it really working peacemaker as himself in a way where, you know, he has this growth. He was, he, he might've said some stupid shit and he might've thought one way, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a long time ago, but he's grown and he saw the differences and he's, and he's, he's now a different person. And he saw the consequences, like you talked about yeah. of, of these actions and stuff like that. And I started thinking about it. I was like, Oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. And that's it, it, it to me, it made so much deeper meaning. And that's why the rewatch for me again, uh, today of the first four episodes, I picked up a couple a couple different things that I didn't see the first time because I was thinking about it in that mindset. Yeah. This is such a rewatchable series because it's so fucking funny. I mean, and, and sharp and it seems to stay consistent. It's not just throwing gags here and there. I mean, they come back <laughs> to things. I mean, sometimes they have some fart jokes, but they, but they take them up to, you know, they, they, they bring them they up to 11, to 11, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they do, they play on the, 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 kid side of a lot of stuff or the the immaturity yeah but side. that that almost becomes its own topic you know there are some characters that play off the immaturity and it's how people react to that and they play off of that so it seems like it's 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 a it's there's a certain yeah i mean i think this is a brilliant show and very it watchable is. just the right length too they got the right episodes i thought eight eight worked I don't think yeah, they could have pulled know, this off in a movie. That, then it becomes no, too no. too politically uh, uh, volatile. You know, it becomes all about trying to get a they, message. They or, yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't get the growth that they needed in the different the different plays in it. Um, there are a few issues and little ho plot holes for me. Oh, cool. Um, Let's go in. Let's go into them. <laughs> one of the things I uh, is is vigilante. He seems to have a change of character through the thing that di he didn't say stay as consistent. Like in the very beginning, he seemed very more uh, competent and and kind of like you know a little little more on the ball. And then later on, he became like a fucking ten year old boy. Like he flips. It, it might be because he's a psycho, you know. Like, like when he's <laughs> in the prison, you know. And there's that whole scene where he's sitting down with the dad and he goes through like a you know let's discuss the the accomplishments of black people over the last 50 years or whatever i don't remember the exact quote you know it's uh, to the white supremacist group you know they basically start a fight he seems so intelligent and in that fight he's like fucking so competent and then later on he can't tell like a yes or no question does not equal do you uh you know oh yeah you're your right your favorite color you know it's like or what's your favorite color it's like his intelligence level changes drastically throughout the episodes although keep in mind he was he was sitting next to his ultimate idol peacemaker i mean and so that could have that 
it, it could I mean, have an effect when on I'm him. sitting next to you I don't go that stupid come on <laughs> but uh, you know it, <laughs> I'm it's not a, a whole, psycho either but you didn't dick shame me when I was a kid either so uh, <laughs> Peacemaker dick shamed him and uh, that has a, an effect on someone you know and especially if you're going to mentally dismiss that side of, of how you were you know that, what what effect that had on you and completely push <laughs> I, that aside maybe yeah, uh, maybe I, when he's around him it pushes away some of his intelligence as well yeah, I would. I would never dick shame you. No, that's that's completely wrong. Um, now that that was one of the things is that people brought up is that maybe he is he's in love with him and stuff like that, and this is one where uh, I know I I tend to disagree with a lot of people in the public where just because someone some males have a close relationship does not mean that they are sexually uh, attracted to them in that that way well then they have a three-way they had a three-way right that <laughs> there a was threesome threesome but that yeah. doesn't, i mean <laughs> that, 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 there was a girl there so that doesn't mean i mean what's, what's i don't the, know if they cross the lonely, swords what's the lonely island song it's not gay if it's three-way or you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but i i i well i mean even cena talks about like uh when he gets out of prison and he's talking about yeah i haven't been with a uh being with anybody i mean a woman in right. a long time <laughs> four years and it's like hey, whatever i just to me, he didn't. I, I don't know. To me, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like a. It seems like a best friend type thing, not not a like. A, not like a, a fish a, thing, like Aquaman and his his. Right. His, yeah, he's not out his, there fucking fish like Aquaman. <laughs> but uh, which is another hilarious thing. I just I it's but I mean a lot of people go to that as they're they're oh my god it's like everybody doesn't have to be in a a physical relationship with someone just to to be that much into somebody. So. Hey, I, let me let me. Just, Things I just I hate. Let me do an aside real quick because I I, I I I wrote a bunch of information about some of the drinks that I that. Oh my, yeah, I wanted to hear that. Oh, we should have uh, that earlier, but yeah. No, it's all right. It's it's kind of a fun little topic. Uh, one of the drinks I had come up with a I had found a cocktail called the Holy Cow, which was kind of fun. Uh, oh, that, nice. That comes a reference, but they they actually call out a drink that he makes called a, a peace train cocktail. Oh my God! Yeah, no, and I I read that and I was like, fuck that shit. I know, but there's actually some people that have posted uh, recipes on how to try to make that. You know where they? You know, I don't think no. it actually dealt with uh, dealt with what's the what's the butter they use. He says something like, um, "Yeah, it's like a special butter, like a uh, Scandinavian butter or some crazy shit yeah, like that." Yeah, couldn't get it. Couldn't get it, so they had to had to do something else. But um, yeah, people, it's gin, sweet vermouth, white vinegar, maple syrup, pepper, and butter, which Adebayo describes as a feces drink. But uh, it yeah. was really, and, and then of course he he can't handle it. But I did see some people online had had embraced that drink and tried to tried to do it. So I saw the same thing, and I read a uh, a guy had made it, and uh, he said he got through the first sip, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> Second sip, he was like, mm, I'm not so sure, and then third sip, literally threw up. <laughs> so I was like, because I looked at that too, I was like, oh. But then I looked at the ingredients. I'm like, fuck, pepper, no, vinegar, <laughs> no, butter, no. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, no. Uh, I yeah, I wish he would have done a, a drink that was drinkable, but I mean it it had its comedy effect for what it was. Um yeah. but no. Yeah, that's yeah. that that very sorrowful time when, you know, when he's got a when he's drinking himself down, you know, he's drinking it well, drinking the night away and singing yeah. songs on the piano and <laughs> Well, this is this is why this is one of the reasons that I just don't believe him to be a racist in the fact that throughout the whole show he really bonds with, and I believe he he says that she becomes his her his second BFF is Adebayo, who is black, 
and and gay, which th- they had a great a great conversation about that about him being a uh, an ally because he liked female on female porn, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was fucking hilarious. And he's like, you know, no, I'm I'm a I'm a total ally. I've got like 45 gigs of ally uh, videos. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking hilarious. But I mean. If he's really a racist, there's just no way that she would be his best friend. You know, he would never put the info. You know, he would never put forward the way he was with her. I I don't I I think uh, I think that's harsh to I mean, yeah to to, to call him a, a racist. But I do think even people who aren't racist have tendencies that that you know have that give that give different classes uh, more privilege. I mean, we, we, we grow up in, in a class-based system and, and they become kind of social norms to us. So it's not so much that we're wired to where we dislike certain races, but-, but Well, we that, may... is the dis- that is the definition of racism. Oh, and, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's fine. And I, and I, think, I think it's better to not, if, if that's, that's that's not what always what people are always calling out when they're saying you're that's racist. There's right, and they're, they're, they're using the word completely wrong. Um, but uh, but I but I, that's not a reason to disregard uh, inequalities. So um, that just means that people need to talk about things better um, because because I don't I don't I I get frustrated when people who are trying to bring up real topics screw up by throwing words around like racism and stuff like that, that are much more, that create much more volatility. It's, it's almost like someone accusing me of being woke because I want to talk about something that's uh, act activist, you know, you know, that, that, that is a social, right. a, a social, uh, um, yeah. inequality. Well, no, and be, they say, well, you're just be being woke. Thing. Well, no, don't yeah. disregard my cause just because I'm, I'm struggling to try to define it. Let, get, let's have a conversation, but conversations don't happen these much these days. Instead, it's more about no, talking points and calling people names like woke or racist or things like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where, again, the series is good in that it, in that it delves into this stuff. It yeah. doesn't just stop well, at, that... the, at the topic. <laughs> no. But that's that's why I was saying it's like, that's what confused me when people were saying that they, they were... Now, his father definitely, right, fits the racist role. I mean, they, they made him very much a, a white supremacist, Grandmaster or Grant, whatever they call, I don't know what they call the KKK guy, the the head dude. Um, oh, right. Yeah. But it, I mean, his suit was even set up with it. They had the fucking hoods and all that. So they really set him up. And I mean, fucking Cena or, you know, uh, Peacemaker Chris Smith kills him, kills his father in the end. I know. You know, and like, it's like, fuck that. Okay. But I mean, he he goes through the story and this is where it gets really touching and, and is they you know they show how much he believes in this this promise he made of peace and stuff when he was a kid and and f- talk about a f- fucked up background you know he, he his, first his family forces or his dad i don't know if his mom was even around but forces him to fight with his brother in a pit you know yeah. like it's fun and his brother ends up dying and his fucking father blames i mean yeah of course the kid's going to be fucked up but then, you know, he still in the early parts show, says that, you know, well, well, you know, uh, vigilante asked him, like, well, why don't you kill him? Because he's, you know, he's a he's a white supremacist. And he's like, well, because he's my father. And he's like, well, what was that? He's like, I love him. He's still my father. 
you know, he fucking hates him. You can tell there's a lot of shit about him he doesn't like, but he still loves him because he's his father. You know, even though he's a fucking total dick to him. A lot of this came so. from the comics, too, because I, I was reading in the past. Uh, I, I've got a quote about this actually came from some of the early comics. Smith learns that his peace through violence efforts were the result of a serious mental illness brought on by the shame of having a Nazi death camp com com commandant for a father. He believes his father's spirit haunts him continually and criticizes his every move, e even as he tries to live down his past. That's from the comic. And it seems like they drew some right. of that out with the fact that his father kind of haunts him in the end after he's he's killed him. I don't know about his brother, if that backstory was written in. That was probably more for the TV yeah, series where they yeah. <clears throat> flushed it out a little well, bit they more. They talk about his helmet. In the in the in the in the comics, I believe his his dad is like infused into the helmets, so like he can't get he when he wears the helmets he can't get away from his father kind of thing, and so people were speculating on season two, which yeah. uh, has already been green, greenlit, that his father will be back, yeah. um, greenlit with James Dun Gunn uh, writing and directing all the episodes. So, so here's here's the interesting thing about t James Gunn too is he wrote this whole thing in like eight weeks uh, during COVID. <laughs> Like yep. down COVID, they're like, oh, fuck COVID, got to stay home. So he's like, fuck it, I'm going to write this. And he wrote it in eight weeks, and they're like, well, did you have a chance to kind of go through it? And he's like, nope, we went right from writing it to shooting this motherfucker. <laughs> like, so yeah. he didn't get a chance to go through, uh, like, rewrite it or anything. And yeah, so he wasn't even sure about the ending. I think there was a possibility that uh, Chris Smith was going to possibly go bad at the end, like connect with the butterfly people, uh, uh, you know. Oh, I didn't hear that. So I, I think he... I, what I heard is he had the ending kind of set in the beginning kind of um, okay. took place. Like he, he had the ending set and he did the beginning from that. Like some of the stuff that pays off later in the end. Uh, let's talk about the ending because the ending is, is pretty freaking crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> first off, we get we get the scene with the three different four different helmets and they, they're, they're trying to set up the, the big kill of the cow and the. I got a cat bugging me again. <laughs> okay, sorry. Had some technical uh, issues. We're back now. <laughs> All right. I was talking about the ending and and the the scene where they're trying to get Eagly to carry this helmet over. And I I thought it was. I mean, I could see where some people go. Oh, it's boring. But to me, it was so cool because, you know, the, the it's like they're they're like it's like the rat in in um, the Suicide Squad or or you know the Groot in in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, they're talking to him and they're just like, oh, he's not getting it. Oh, he might get it. No, he's not getting it. And, <laughs> and, it, and it just it just kind of cracked me up and, and the whole fact of it. But that big fight at the end was was pretty fucking dramatic. And like, you know, it they, they have the, the theme, the main theme song starts pumping. Right. The oh, that's right. Pumping, like, yeah, like we're getting it. Uh, you know, give your dog the invisible bone and they're going at it. And at first they're just fucking all these butterflies up, just left or right kills and stuff. But then all of a sudden it goes, it starts to go south and you're like, oh shit. You know, hardcore goes down, vigilante goes down uh, and just, it gets great. I mean, it goes so far as hardcore's down and a butterfly starts to go in her mouth and that's where it's like, oh shit, like this has gone south so bad. Uh, you know, it, I thought the ending was so much fun with that, that it, it, it wasn't your typical, you know, smash and shoot them up. And it, it had some, it had some differences to it that were, were kind of nice. Yeah. That we don't always see. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the justice it, league swooping in and saving the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we got that at the end, which was kind of cool. 
but I, I love the fact that when he gets down there, you know, we have the big discussion too. The um, there's uh, we didn't even talk about uh, what was the name of the butterfly that he caught? Um, um, uh, that he had in the jar. Uh, what the fuck was his name? Does he have a name? I, I mean, yeah, he's... it was like um, Groot, or not Groot, but Mart. Or it had a, it had a name. The one okay. that he caught. Oh, because it was it was the who was ever was in the senator at first. That was that that was the name. Of right, the... the dad that survived the family. Yeah, <laughs> shoots all the kids With and the... the mom, and then but then she the 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 butterfly gets into the uh, the uh, the woman, the evergreen police the, detective, the... Uh, Sophie exactly. Sophie Song. Um, yeah, I was trying to think, but anyways, they have that big conversation at the end, and you know the uh, that's where you're talking about like yeah, you know the the humans are destroying the planet. And we're actually here now. This is where you know. Peacemaker made he he stuck to his guns kind of in a way and his his ideals and 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 shot shot him anyways and didn't go along and killed the big cow which is going to kill all of them. But uh, it was also, I mean, I I mean I I think there there was some it, it kind of points out the the contradiction or the hypocrisy in 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 those sort of thoughts because I think the the butterfly was explaining God, God how. Was how okay, Goth, 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 okay, G O F F, Goth, Goth, um, was explaining how they were very much the same in that in that they yeah. were they wanted to save the planet at all costs for themselves, but also for the people. I mean, but they were going to whatever it take, however many hosts they had to kill. You know, it's it's they want to survive at all costs, and they want the the humans to survive. They want the planet to survive. So, but having those sort of beliefs imposed raises a very interesting question because I think that's that's where there's a lot of problem people have with activism is then is when people are imposing their beliefs, not when they are yes. it, when they are uh, talking about their beliefs, but when they are forcing their beliefs. You know, when they're forcing their beliefs on someone else. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Or, and you know, but that's what, but that's what it was. Is like he had a chance to be like, oh, okay, yeah, you were on the same side, but he also stuck to his ground. Is like, oh, but you're killing innocent people, and you know, which is against what he was saying. So that was the really kind of like, is he gonna go what way or not? And uh, I, li <laughs> I like how he kills the fucking cow. It just cracks me up. <laughs> we get uh, Adebayo who wears the um, the tor human torpedo helmet. The first time she uses it hilarious right she right. activates it and slams into the wall and then you hear i don't know if you if you listen to it but you can hear her in the background she's like oh my my back <laughs> like, she, like she just literally like cracks herself in half but then he fires it off and she goes into the cow and kills the cow and it's like oh so i mean it's it's raunchy and kind of gross but it's also funny as, as hell you know it's 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 kind of cool how how they make that work but that's also another like you said talking to the 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 points right you know looking at the different things of what's really going on in the world and stuff where where the butterflies right or wrong you know is is peacemaker right or wrong it's kind of a a gray area yeah but you know? he doesn't want to but he's become uh bonded with his friends and that was the right. thing that decided he, chooses he, his, he, chooses he didn't his want them to kill his friends society. yeah and uh so so it became a deeper human, uh, human connection. Emotion. Yeah. And emotion. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's, and I think that was excellent. I, and, and actually, uh, Gunn talks about that in a couple of the interviews I listened to. Um, 
some of the other characters in which I was kind of surprised we didn't see him towards the end in in the final big battle, but uh, Judo Master. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we don't see him until the very very end. But, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, we get a great fight. This is and this is another one where the disparity in powers and in in uh, functions didn't really add up. Like Judo Master kicks the shit out of like hardcore peacemaker and uh vigilante all by himself one time and he's got you like know. a kidney that will replace his heart and you know <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> or he'll move it he'll move his kidney to where his heart is right. or, yeah um but i mean it's it's one of those and then later on you know he gets his ass kicked later so it's like they didn't keep consistent with the the fighting abilities which i thought was a little you know also the fact that uh he wasn't doing a lot of judo. He was doing a lot of other martial arts, not really judo. So I was kind of surprised. I don't think he threw anybody once, um, you know, which is more of a judo thing, which I was kind of like, okay, it shouldn't be judo master. It should be like, you know, <laughs> Kempo master or, or something else. Uh, but it, it is what it is. I thought he was a fun character. Uh, his little costume was great. I love the interactions with him and Peacemaker. And then, you know, his flaming hot Cheetos and right. using them as a weapon. <laughs> Uh, I love before that uh, <laughs> uh, the the time when he's talking about the humunculus, you know, his fear of his fear. I guess it's humunculi, which are like perfectly formed people, but are that are small. It's like oh. they're not <laughs> they're not midgets. They're not you know because they're they're they have a, the perfect portions of a normal sized person, but they're just tiny. And so it's kind of what this what judo master is essentially, and so it's just kind of one of those things. It's just funny that that conversation comes up, and, and that was because they found the little spaceship, uh, which was he discovered uh, at the in the bed scene with the the threesome. Oh, that's which, right. Uh, which I I thought that was another funny, the <laughs> just the the lady and the man fighting when he first breaks into the room. Just that—that's hilarious. They had these um, great. This is one. This is a series that every episode after the credits, they've got a little. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's almost like an improv extension. You know, where where there was a scene well, where they added a little bit extra extra. Some of them were improv, some were extra. And uh, Gunn said that he left those in there for the people that stay through the the credits. Yeah, he did that specifically. Um, I missed the first couple and had to go back and pick them up. Because I didn't oh. know about him until like the third episode or something. Nothing. I caught it from the very beginning because it didn't come up and say, you know, next episode. Next episode. I, it doesn't <laughs> say that until after that final scene. So uh, when funny. you're watching it on the on the streaming, so that's what it does on the did... Netflix. Netflix is like they never show the credits because it goes right to that next oh, right episode. Next Boom. <laughs> so this was another one that, that did that bait and switch with the nudity on us too. Like they had a little bit of nudity in the first and second episode, and then there wasn't really anything else until I think it's like like really at the there's like a tiny little bit at the very seventh episode maybe, uh, just a little quick. Yeah, it didn't uh, seem too uh, uh, too gratuitous as far as no. trying to rope you in at the beginning with with <laughs> I nudity. Know. I just so, <laughs> I was just uh, surprised. I mean, well, that first that first scene. Although I do have an issue with that one is like. So when we get Merm later on talking about that um, the butterflies don't really emote uh, expressions or, or feelings and stuff like that, right? But this lady that he has sex with is a, supposedly a butterfly. Like, why, if they're so ununemotionally attached and don't do – why would she have sex with – I saw that – know anything about – 
I saw that actually in a in a podcast or something where they were asking about that. I don't know if you if you picked it up from that or if no. You I, I just it was something I thought about. I was like, wait, she, sh you know, she shouldn't have been interested in him at all. She shouldn't have been out at a bar drinking really because that's not really the the uh, uh, operation of uh, uh, standard of those butterfly people, right? We even get the merm talking about like, oh, I've never I've never expressed an emotion. And, and he's like, you've never said you're chilly? No, I haven't. Really? No, I haven't. And then, you know, and then he finally goes, I'm kind of chilly. Well, why'd you say that? Well, I thought we were on a roll. So, you know, it's just kind of, so why would she, you know? I don't just, know if, uh, if all the butterflies, you know, are waiting to be kind of, you know, it, it, there was that one, there was that one scene where you see they're all over the place. You, oh, were they all coming on their ships and come no, out? No, not that. I think there was a map you saw. Oh, the map, map. Yeah. yeah, and and you get the sense that they're kind of all over the place. And and I guess there's the question of what are they doing? Are they actually doing anything, or are they just living their lives because they have the memories and they know right. they know the characters until it's time to actually do something. Um, and that might have been what she was doing. I, I, these are, I think, are some of the theories I saw. She might have just been playing who she was until she, until she saw the the dossier or whatever the thing was right. and said, "Oh, geez, I got a problem here." You know, because they do that little flashback on episode two that you know she saw yeah. the. Why did yeah? Why did you have it with? Her? I thought it was better than in the car. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I but I don't know. It's 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 a valid question, and uh, I don't know if it could probably be explained away uh, with something uh, the the writer ha has to say about I, it. But, it just, uh, it just but, was one of those that kind of was like, well, you know, you act. I mean, Merm was supposedly been in there for a while, but yet he still had he he wasn't giving the emotions and stuff. So it was kind of strange. And you know, we get the the change in in song. Right where she goes from the person she is to the butterfly, and it's it's a drastic change. So it's kind of like it, it's very it's very questionable. Like it's 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 potential plot hole, you know, small, but it's it's there. It it you know that works. Um, That's fair. There was you know there's a few. I mean, I didn't have any issues with their their gun violence. Like uh, I didn't see any bullets coming out that weren't supposed to. There was no issues with the guns. Um, I did have an issue with their their blood splatter as far as like when they left cuts open and bloody when you know it seemed like they showed you know some people in the hospital after three or four days and they still got blood on them and it's like um no they they would have patched that up and washed you off by now uh just a couple things like that i was kind of like well that, all right yeah well, you know nothing crazy but um they did a good job with the show it's 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 funny i was talking to uh someone at the dojo today uh, who was asking about what podcast we were doing tonight? And I told told her, and she's like, "Oh!" So she went back and watched. I guess the first half. She goes, "It's it starts kind of slow," and I'm like, it, "It'll get better. You you got to get, you got to at least get into the part after you know where where they're at the diner." Had right? she we seen the, uh, the the Suicide Squad? Yes. Okay. Yes. And yeah, you know, I was like, "You got to get to the diner. You know, you got to get past the sweet cheeks and the uh, the sugar tits statement. And you know, is that an eagle in his car?" You know, you got to get past that first eagle hug to really get into the show. Like it, the first part, I can see, but it, once it gets going, I think it it really does roll, and it's got a lot of comedy too. Uh, I had I had stated uh, for another podcast, um, you know, they were asking what we thought of this show, and to me, this was kind of uh, it was Daredevil or not Daredevil, uh, Deadpool esque, as far as like some of the humor. Yeah. Right, it had it had some touches of 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 the Deadpool, but for you know the DC side of it. 
Yeah, I think it's got a cross of Deadpool and kind of the obnoxious side, but it's also got Jojo Rabbit in that in that you're dealing with some pretty heavy issues and uh, using comedy to try to try to find your way through it. And uh, that's a good, that's a good take. I didn't think of that. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have put Jojo Rabbit in that, but I, I, I get to where you're coming from. I saw that uh, that James Gunn used uh, Better Call Saul as a basis for some of his writing, which uh, I, 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 of course, I'm a yeah. I'm a huge fan of Better Call Saul. I've been been, wa- been yeah, watching that all over again because they've got the last season coming out, um, you know, in a few uh, in, in like April, I believe. Say, so, I like um, Oda Kirk, so maybe I should watch it. I, I, I just haven't. Well, but you I haven't mean, seen they... uh, Breaking Bad either. So it, I have I, seen Breaking Bad. Oh, you have? I, I watched it because you told me I had to watch it. And I watched the whole thing, and I was like, I can't stand that fucking character. He irritates <laughs> the shit out of me. Yeah. And and we had those discussions. I'm surprised you don't remember them. But, yeah, no. I didn't, oh know, I didn't, I didn't know you watched the whole thing. I, I thought you watched uh, I did because I was okay. like, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. <laughs> it's not getting better. Holy fuck, he's an asshole. Yeah, you couldn't <laughs> stand him. Well, I don't know if he – he might make an appearance or two in this one. I don't know, maybe in season six. But uh, – it's it's more the show was good. Uh, I just had issues with the character. Well, in and, Better Call Saul, his brother, in you know Saul's brother is, um, oh gosh, Ham, uh, McGill. Uh, he's James McGill. His brother is maybe maybe I can't remember. Jimmy McGill is Saul, and then his brother is played though by um, uh, who's the one from Spinal Tap that plays uh, Lenny in uh, <laughs> Laverne and Shirley. Um, oh, okay. I know. I, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of the name. And he's a character that'll probably drive you nuts. He's got. He's a. Uh, he's a lawyer that has secluded himself in his house because he has a, a reaction to electricity. So he's basically completely quarantined himself under candlelight and is uh, taking advantage of his his um, practice to kind of you know, keep him afloat. It's, and it's, it's really a very interesting relationship between him and his brother, James McGill. So that's nice. what a lot of okay. this, the first couple. I, I've heard a lot of people about. talk about, yeah, better call Saul, Saul. I just, it's one of those things is like, it's, it's on there. I mean, I haven't watched Arrested Development. I just started watching that because of, of one of our podcasts recently that I was, oh, I should probably watch this. So amongst the other things I'm watching, like Yellowstone and a couple others, you know, there's, so much entertainment. Um, I mean, we got Batman coming out this week. I got, I got to go see that. I know that's out. That's already playing now, right? Hey, it's Thursday, yeah. yeah. So, the 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 evening showings are going right now. I, I will probably see it this weekend. Yeah, I, I probably will see it early Sunday. Is what I'm thinking. I'd love to um, see it too. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know. Well, maybe we'll go together. Okay. Um, I was uh so. With this show, I mean, there's there's so much so much interesting stuff. Is there anything in this that you would change? Is there is there any like major storyline that you thought either cut out or drastically change or character or or casting? I mean, just anything I, that just nothing nothing out stood out because and that and that's one of the successes I think in the series is that it found its its rhythm and it 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 lasted as long as you wanted it to i thought i thought it had a good <laughs> arc so so no i didn't i mean i only watched it once i started watching some little 
pieces that I wanted to refresh myself today just so I had had them in my head. But I'll probably watch it again and maybe I'll have a better understanding of that. But no, I mean, one of the things that I just thought it did so well was that it maintained a, a good rhythm. I, I think uh, Judo Master, is that his name? Judo? Or yeah. Judo, um, I wasn't that drawn to that character. I didn't think in the end when, you know, when he's kind of crying over all the butterflies that really was a very I, I wish there was something a little bit more with his character there was no there was no but, background to him that make you like him i mean other than his fighting prowess and his hot cheeto obsession there's not really much about yeah, him maybe that was it most of the characters you got a sense of who they were throughout the series whereas his character that didn't happen i mean even the butterflies all these little characters um were given given humanity whereas his never yeah. his, his never awesome. was and so maybe that was why it didn't it didn't uh, interest me oh my god they even did that with the holy cow where you know maybe it's just that that oh, tooth that, that pointy buck that pointy tooth? single tooth makes him look like a little baby and you just like go oh i thought the same <laughs> I thing i was like he gave it a tooth <laughs> although yeah i mean it yeah it was kind of crazy i agree with you yeah he didn't I, he's one of the characters yeah i would have we needed more of to to have an interest in. I mean, he got his little moment at the end where he got picked on and and bullied, and he fucking beat the guys up and took their car, you know, eating his hot cheetos. Oh, that's right. But yeah, there's not much to him. Uh, he might be a big part of season two. We don't know. Uh, hopefully, if they do, that they give him a little bit more substance and 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 stuff. But yeah, you're right. He was one of the few characters that's kind of around through the whole thing that we don't get a lot of. Um, I to me I kind of wanted uh I wanted a little bit more like action between t the the final like it kind of jumped right to it it's like I I would have this to me could have used an episode or two more where they they kind of maybe not put the the fight with his dad in the in the white supremacists right along with some others like like had a whole episode or two with that where it was a little bit more drawn out where they have to, you know, maybe they someone got taken and he had to go save them or something to bring the team a little closer together. Like, I mean, really all we get is the one, they like the same band, they rock out in the van and they get a picture taken and all of a sudden they're all happy, lucky, go team, you know. Um, it, it, it just, I would have liked a little bit more bonding, you know, through hardship, you know, if that Yeah, if that I, well, I thought in the end they were, they were a lot more... They they liked each other a lot more. It was there was there was a bond in the end. I don't think they went too overboard. It's like you know, um, Economos. You know, all that really came in the end was you know he put the picture down. You know that was kind of his. Well, his, his moment was when he admitted he he dyed his beard. I I know, and that was that was a very cathartic moment for the whole audience for everything just to kind of see that and see what sort of an effect, and that and where where. Peacemaker got to see where the consequences of, of his his bullying, his name calling and shaming, and you know, can can have an effect, have a real effect on someone. And it 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 him being empathetic to that, I think that was right. a bigger key is that he had empathy. Whereas someone like Vigilante would be like, well, no, I think we should still shoot him. You know, um, <laughs> but uh, um, so, but I don't think they went overboard. Like suddenly he was a you know he was this no longer lazy or no longer, uh, you know, he was. He, well, I mean, he, he had some points in the beginning where he, he came in and shot the, you know, first he kills the, 
kills the ape with the chainsaw. He he. Sergeant Gorilla, right? Yeah, yeah. Kills all the the a bunch of the the white supremacists, you know, with the shotgun or uh, the automatic uh, gun. There, he had his he had his moments. Um, you know, you 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 said bullying, and it's one of those things. Is uh, you know, I know I know they say Peacemaker is kind of you know, they play him as the bully in a way, but if you also realize he kind of gets bullied too. Yeah, uh, well, absolutely. I mean, they play that up to, as to what, you know, well, I mean, it even comes from his father, the way his father bullied, bullied well, his him. Well, father, his so, father definitely bullies him. But, I mean, even the team, like when he first, I mean, first shows up in that meeting and he's wearing, I mean, right away, oh, he pulls up, shows up in full cosplay mode and just they're, they're shitting on him from fucking get-go. And then yeah. he starts firing back. So it's kind of like, it's one of those is like, you know, and and I'm not trying to defend bullies in any way, but it's kind of like, you know, it it's a defense mechanism sometimes that you know, they they were right away, oh, he's toxic masculinity, he's this and that, and and right away and already had a an impression in their mind of what he was before he even sat down, and fed off of it, and then it feeds into what he feeds back. So, I I, it, I mean, it plays into what you were talking about. He he touches <clears throat> some issues. He does, and and a lot, and it shows how a lot of them can kind of confuse themselves with one. There was the scene when you know I think we mentioned it before when they come into that office, and uh, what is it? Uh, Harcourt says to uh, Ad, uh, Adebayo, Adebayo, you know, get off that desk. You know, that's yeah, basically. That's and someone might say, oh, you know, she's being racist. She's kicking the black girl off off and go go to a corner and something like that. But instead, no, it's more about status. I'm the leader here. I get the desk. You're the new girl. Boom, yep. over there. So it's is that a form of some sort of inequality? Is that worthy of a? So I mean, I'm just I'm just saying that sometimes, anytime someone is led to feel that they are lower in status or in some sort of thing, they might call out one social injustice versus versus another. But it's fair to see that there's going to be some sort of consequence. But I do think that we often confuse what. You know, we might confuse. Someone might say, "Oh, you're being racist," or you know, then no, they're just being. You know, I'm I'm the boss here, and I I'm going to demand right. that 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 death. Time has well, privilege. And and well, privilege. That's a that's a perfect word. It's 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 this idea of where is 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 it fair to have privilege in society? Where is it fair? Where is it where is it allowed? Where is it? frowned upon where are you taking advantage of your privilege um and sometimes that's uh i, I yeah i know you got a grin but i think it's an interesting conversation and that's no, I, where I, this I, is this is written well in that it kind of explores some of those things and shows them in well you know and, and you're right and here's the thing is is what's going to happen is you're going to have two different takes on it from the person that has has earned the privilege to say like you know you, you go in a work situation right someone's been there 10 years they've earned the right to 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 claim the desk they want someone who's been there a week coming in you know trying to take that privilege you know what i mean yeah so, but if if, now, if they cast uh hardcore as a as a as a male would it have been considered uh you know chauvinism male chauvin you know this kind of well it might have dominance it's, in the workforce your take it might well it's, yeah it's all your take though but it's still like you can you know someone goes oh he just did that because he was if we're say the the male prospect well but it also can be oh no it, he's he's been there longer he's got the seniority he gets that call and so it, it but the person the lower person what no now say it was say uh Adebayo was a male 
right? Mm-hmm. What what's the I mean it's it's one of those things is like whichever side you look at it from you're going to have a different take. Now uh, and and you could say both sides will have a victim mentality onto it potentially, right? Especially the 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 lower side. And and I've seen this a lot where, you know, in in a work case where someone will come in being the new person and trying to throw their weight around it's like whoa 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 slow your roll like yeah you you don't you don't just walk in here big dick swinging you know day one you know there, there's people that have already done that and you know you got you gotta you gotta learn your role and so it's like but some people I, will will look at yeah. sex and race from that and just only see that instead of the other side i liked how the writing in this series didn't stereotype these sort of um, these, uh, these characters, well, these characters. Yeah, they didn't, they, I mean, they gave lines that might be considered, uh, you know, uh, privilege inducing, you know, any, any, inequal or like, like they gave Harcourt the line just to kind of push her out of her seat or something like that. And they, they kind of made, made, uh, out of bio, the victim, sometimes they made, uh, Harcourt, the victim, you know, in the bar and stuff and just how they dealt with things in different ways. Um, it was a great exploration of those things. I loved when, when she got, you know, when Peacemaker comes in and, you know, talks about <laughs> it, talks, you know, he's just horny. He's yeah. just horny. And then, but then the other guys come at the other end of the bar and do the same thing. And she just lays them down, lays them out. And well, there was a little difference in that too. Like, sure. so they, they came in and the one guy like right away was touching her arm and, you know, and, and she didn't want any part of it. And she told him. And then the other guy tried to come back and get violent, and she basically put him in his place. Now, what Peacemaker said technically isn't exactly right. I mean, but he also came in and he he, he took a shot. She shot him down, and he's like, "All right, okay, oh maybe next time," you know. But he wasn't pushy. He didn't try and force anything onto her. So they came at it from different angles too. Yeah, you know, I that was great writing. I, I oh I, I did I too, and it. it showed what a badass was. Uh, and well, and so interesting thing is now we we know how it ends, right? And we have Harcourt who who is in the hospital, right? You know, she she got fucked up in yeah. the final battle, and and he stays in the hospital with her, and he cares, and and they do that little hand holding scene at the end, and it's like oh, <laughs> like now going into next season, let's let's talk about next season. Uh, what is it? Is you know, because there there's some speculations. Is it are they going to be? Is is this going to go anywhere, or is this a a? Do you think it'll remain a friendship? Will it be part of next season? And what is it you want to see in the next season? Is what is there anything that just stands out to you as like, oh, I want them to tackle this? I'm thrilled that James Gunn is at the helm because I think uh, I think he's offers a unique take on things and isn't afraid isn't doesn't feel forced into corners with his writing he comes up with right. new new stuff i don't now i say that and i didn't care so much for guardians of the galaxy 2 so but he he wasn't afraid you're to, not alone you're yeah. not alone um so what do i hope i i i hope they don't overdo it on the relationships i mean i thought they had a good balance in this one i i you, you know they Adebayo became his uh, second BFF after Eagly, you know. So, so that was what I think this was about was more about their friendship and and how they they connected. Well, it's, it's um, about it's about Chris growing. It's about yeah. you know, Peacemaker be growing as a human in 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 his mentality. I don't think Hardcore is is 
would be ready for a relationship with Peacemaker. It's uh, it, it's not. You don't, you don't think they just want to bump genitals? I don't. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's complicated. Maybe that's that'll be what what happens. They'll have a a sexual relationship. Oh, they'll just and, bump genitals, yeah. and then it won't be. It'll just be like a a physical thing and in in uh Harcourt's going to be okay with it and Peacemaker's going to not be able he's not going to handle it. I get so tired of the bickering between people who have had sex and then they they focus on No, no, it won't season. even be that. He's going to be the... like a, he's going to be the 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 puppy. He's going to follow her around and she's going to be like Maybe. no uh, but she's still going to want to she's still going to want the physical side but she's not going to want the 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 emotional side and he's going to want the it's going to it's going to flip that role <laughs> i don't know maybe and he's just going to become a puppy maybe a big, I, do you remember puppy. moonlighting <laughs> with bruce willis and sybil shepherd yes. yeah I, yes, which the first the first season or two was hilarious but it was so comical and it once but then they, they had sex and then they had sex and it was it suddenly became kind of this you know you, you saw the serious side to Bruce Willis, which just was not interesting. It didn't make for good television. Yeah. It was like, get beyond this, go back to it. And they tried to figure out a way to go back to the comedy, but it didn't, it never worked after that. Or at least, I don't know, this was, this was decades ago. So here, so, but, here's what but, it is, is they're going to, they're going to have sex and she's just <laughs> going to be, she's going to be like that. That's all you got. That's I thought you said, and, and he's going to be so traumatized by the fact that he so he's going to just be like wait wait I, let me prove it again and, uh, and it's going to be that whole season i think they're going to they're going to bring out a little bit more of the bisexual angle maybe vigilante will get vigilante vigilante will get in on the action <laughs> and uh that might mix things up um but i don't think it'll be the i don't think i don't think he wants to i don't see him attracted to vigilante he didn't even want to look at his penis when he thought he might be showing it to him well I don't know. Maybe the butterfly will take over uh, someone, and uh, you know. Oh, Goff. You know they left well, Goff. But Goff is on. It's it. There was all all that was left was that little half jar of food. That doesn't that, have much time. I mean, that was what we saw. But is that really? Right. I mean, I we also, they, they killed the cow, but there was still a whole plant of food left. Well, yeah. maybe they blew up a lot of shit. I don't, so. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I that's a good question. Yeah, do does does Goff survive and become the the last butterfly? And does Goff stay as a butterfly, or do does do they? Uh, I don't know what they are. Uh, do they uh, infest on another person, and and then so they can speak? Which is another thing that I didn't understand. Like, how is that little butterfly all of a sudden going to give a person like super strength and fucking monstrous screams and? Like maybe it it's that like, maybe it's that that cow goop you know the that that gets into the bloodstream. Oh, could be. To me, know. it just seemed real. It, it seemed more like a fucking like like a little person running or big robot from inside. You know, it like, was very much like Men in Black. You know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But yeah, that's that was my other. It was like I don't understand how this all works. Why does why do all of a sudden you take over a little girl and she's got super strength? Because that that first chick in the first episode was threw him through a wall and was was kicking his ass pretty much in the beginning yeah so does yeah. now peacemaker doesn't have any superpowers though right he's just dedicated to peace in his body right <laughs> bodybuilding and and uh yeah i think so I, I i don't think he has any specific neither does vigilante really i mean right i don't i don't think they have powers they're just they're just yeah i mean they're they're Skilled in weapons, I believe, is what they said in in the uh, Suicide Squad. Was that he's 
skilled in every weapon, which, I mean, I, I love the fact that he taped a grenade to a missile head, <laughs> which is so stupid because that's not how that works, but just for comedy <laughs> effect and, and putting your, your hat of disbelief on, yeah, that would work. But in real life, no, that that's not how that works. Gotcha. But, okay. You know, I, I take it from me. I am a missile scientist in a way. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, it's it's a good show, and and they did a good job. Uh, I'm glad Gunn's at the head of it because I think he's going to continue to do a good job. Uh, one of the things that some people did talk about was that. It would be nice if uh, Gunn let a couple other writers take a crack at, at some of it too, um, because some of the jokes seem to be repeated, like some of the, the style of jokes seem to be repeated um, throughout it. And, you know, I, I did get a little bit of that, but, you know, for what it was, I think it was really good. That's a risk, but uh, yeah, that's a hard balance because uh, once you introduce more people to the mix, then you, then you risk you risk uh, that that balance that one that one person at the helm kind of brings to it. I I but I, well, no, I mean I don't mean like saying let someone just take a crack at it, just writing an episode all by themselves. I'm saying let them take the script and and kind of peruse it and like say, hey, you know, this joke's been repeated now three times. What if we do this instead? You know, that's what I mean. Is is not not to change the overall direction, but to to kind of gloss over it and like, you know, just do a, a, a spell check. <laughs> what, are the, what were we talking about? Uh, what was the series we just covered that uh, we were talking about the characters, if they each had their own writer, was this Luke oh, Cage uh, or something? Luke Cage. If they had their own writers, they could, you know, they can follow up on more consistency or kind of bring yeah. some better depth to the, to the writing. For sure. One of the things that if, if, if it's true, how much James Gunn relies on, on the, the actors to kind of write their own dialogue and stuff that kind of brings them into the script writing realm as well. Yeah. And so, and some of those like Economos apparently is a, is a, a comedy uh, writer and comedian. And I think he got involved in a little bit and I mean, just, Cena, I mean, yes, he's a a wrestler, but he's he's got some good comedy chops. I mean, he he did a lot of the the uh, improv stuff. He he was great was, in uh, Trainwreck. Remember Trainwreck, uh, the the movie. Have I you thought seen he was... uh, cock, cock blockers? No, I, I haven't. Cock... <laughs> that one's fucking funny too. Uh, yeah, I he's one of those guys like i never watched any of the wrestling he was involved in i knew he was a wrestler but i have no idea uh, any of the stuff he did so um you know uh like i i the rock I, i've seen his wrestling stuff so i'm really impressed with how he's done like there's there's kind of the the two major wrestlers i guess three if you consider badista badista all right right name. uh but he he's I'm not sure he's on the level of The Rock or Cena at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Drax was good, but uh, you know there was that other J or, or what's the the Zack Snyder uh, zombie movie? That one's pretty bad too, where he's in that, and it's not the greatest. But anyways, yeah, it, it's it's amazing how well he does with with some of the comedy and and stuff like that. This uh, Peacemaker premiered on January 13th. Every episode had higher viewership than the last, and the final finale, which came out uh, in February seventeenth, 
uh, was the highest single day viewership for HBO Max. So this has really been a huge success uh, for HBO Max. That's funny because I watched the first ones when they first came out. And then I took a break for a long time because I was doing a bunch of other stuff. I just had other stuff I had to take care of and watch before I got a chance to go back. And, and it took me almost a week after the, fir- uh, the last episode dropped to even get all of them watched. Um, so I, uh, and it was, I just watched them all this last week. I, I remember seeing the preview and I think I even brought it yeah. up on our Christmas episode that I was excited. <laughs> you it. did. You were but, into uh, it before I was. And I was like, oh, but uh, but I didn't even watch it until until just last week. Yeah, it, it's very good. And I would recommend this to to people that like that are OK with that kind of first. You got to be OK with crude humor. Uh, you got to be OK with with poking fun at 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 social uh, things. I don't know what's the right word for it, but just, you know, you, you can't be too up in your own, you know, own shit to like, Oh, that's too much this and too much that you got, you got to be able to just accept things and laugh. You got to be able to laugh at stuff. You know, if you enjoy Deadpool, you probably will enjoy this. Um, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's one of those, it's, it's, it's that kind of humor. If you know, it's not, it's not a, like a South park, essentially but it it has some crudeness to it a little bit of little bit of gore like they they don't they don't pull back on some of that you know there's there's some blow-ups and some stuff but there's also some like this is something you don't get very often there's the the scene when they're in the truck and Edabayo pulls up her phone to do the the presentation on the butterflies the first thing that comes up is the the picture of her wife's pussy. Yep. <laughs> like you don't get shit like that very often. It's like whoa, and it's quick, and it's but that's it's seriously what it is. And you're like yeah. oh, shit, okay. It's quick, but it's it, you know this isn't a theater. You can pause if you want to. Yeah. Funny interactions afterwards though. Just the hilarity that they talk like just going on and on. It's it's so fucking funny. Um, and those those are the I think that's the actual fun part about it is is the non-action parts the non like um, I don't want to even say story moments but the interactions of the team when they're just really fucking giving each other the fucking business is what I think is the funny part yeah and challenging so. people on what they're saying and stuff and you get some oh good, yeah yeah good dialogue I think social justice is what you were or just social issues in general um, yeah so I don't want to say social justice I hate I actually I, that term bugs me because it's not really it, there there is no social justice right because it's 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 the court of of the social like that's just people's opinions it's not really based in anything other well, than people I know in society there's a big confusion between law versus morality because there's some things yeah. that are dictated by law there's the rule of law but then a lot of people are offended by freedom of speech things that kind of go there Gee, right so that, but uh, uh, and it's I, like, I think this yeah, it's, it's it's my freedoms don't start with your feelings, you know. But or, you but know. I think people confuse some people who feel like they are on the the right side of of, of privilege and or, and freedom and uh, feel that it should extend to law privileges as well. Gosh, I watched this video; it was so satisfying. It was a local a local uh, leader that got pulled over by a cop, and it's all their their cam. This is just this is just a couple. Oh, is that ago. the guy? He's like in uh, it's like in the Midwest, and he's like, you don't, do you know who I am? Yeah, he's like, yeah, I know who you are. Here's your fucking ticket. <laughs> yeah, I I I really enjoyed the exchange because 
I, th- I thought the person who was given the ticket did everything as best they could by the book. But yeah. It really exposed a lot of that fear, that 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 privilege that some people feel. I think this one, and this th- he was running for office and he stepped out. <laughs> he he uh, backed out yeah. after after all this. Um, but anyway, that's the sort of thing. Sometimes it's more than just our, uh, how how the law affects our rights, but but when it comes to privilege and. And, and just freedoms in general of, of what we say. Some people think that the law should enforce what we say or what we can get away with or our morality. Um, but some people also think that if they have certain freedoms that have been in, given to them, that that should extend to, to being able to bend the law too. Um, well, that's abuse of power. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a big problem within this country. And that's, we're seeing that at the highest level. I mean, and that's that's a big, big problem. But then you get lower into it, and and there's also the fact that you have uh, people where they get offended because their their feelings aren't or their their beliefs aren't the same as yours, and they feel like they can tell they can they can control how you feel about stuff like that, and they think that they can push that their beliefs on you. And that's where the social just that's where I see social justice as a as a a, a bad thing mm-hmm. is they're they're pushing their morality on you because their beliefs are different than you. And that's that's where I I hate the whole social justice thing. And that's that's my biggest problem with it. But that's like, their freedom. I mean, so so it is it, it still kind of fits into their 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 idea of freedom. Um, right, but they're 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 using their freedom to stomp on yours. So do you why mean? does their free if their freedom to think one way, but then they're going to come in and try and tell you how you have to think because that's their freedom to say that. But then they're imposing on your freedoms by saying they're, they're by saying they're by coming in and telling you and you're you're wrong and you need to think this way or are canceling you because you don't believe the same thing they do. They're they're stepping on your freedoms by expressing theirs, and that's not right either. That's what I'm saying. It's not right in what way? In what in that in that they should be. Why? Why was it? Why is it? Why is their freedoms any more than yours? Why is their freedom? No, I'm just saying. What sort of consequences should come out of someone telling you what to do? Um, You 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 mentioned earlier that that these podcasts were talking about Trump, and that and and so I'm just going to go there a little bit because I think that's it's interesting when you look at the Trump base and and I think it's fair that that this. This series brings up a lot of these things. This isn't afraid to, to go down those things. But I think a lot of Trump's base felt that that I mean, if you look at the way he talked to his base, he never told his base what to do. Never. It was always about telling other people what to do. People that were anti anti Trump. Oh yeah, tell them what to do. But but he never ever told his base what to do. They could get away with anything, and he would never say that's not okay. So well, the same could be said. The same could be said with the left and and Biden and 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 the Hillary supporters. They, I mean, it, it, that's how that's that's really what's going on. And and this is the biggest problem is both sides are aren't dealing with their own like this is what I can do for you and this is how I am and they're no this is this is why they're bad this is why they're wrong, and that's and that's and this is on both sides. That's my biggest problem is when one per, when 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 someone picks a side and says they're always right and the other side's always wrong is the biggest problem. Well, then how do you and talk about issues? If, if, I mean, I, I don't think, I think it was you really talk about what you talk about, what you believe on your side. You don't, you don't go, you're wrong because of this. You go, this is what I believe. Okay. Right. 
And that's the problem is they don't do that. It's more of an attack on the other side for not thinking the same way. Who would you and say they? Who do you mean they? Whichever side you're on. Which but whoever, they, if you, so, if so you're on the, but doesn't it make you feel like you don't want to take a side? You don't want to get into the conversation. If all that's going to happen is, is, is you're going to be accused of either being, you know, a racist or you're going to be accused. That's why of being it's not happening. That's why conversations of- aren't happening. That's why conversations aren't happening because people won't, won't talk about their side and what they believe. They attack the other side. So there's no middle ground. There's no like, this is what I believe. What is it you believe in? Let's see why, where we can meet in the middle instead of like, you're wrong, I'm right. You, if you don't believe what I believe, you're wrong and you should go to hell or you should be, you know, this is this and that. And so that's the problem and that's why things are the way they are. I'm not saying either side is right. I've never, I'm not on either side. I'm not a leftist or a rightist or, or you know, I'm not a Trump supporter or uh, an anti-Trump guy. There's there's things I like that he did and the things I hate that he did. Same thing with Biden. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff I don't like that he's done and there's some stuff that the administration has done and they're trying to do. But that's what I mean is people aren't talking about they're not talking about their side of the point. They're pointing fingers at the other side and saying this is why you're wrong. And that's not how you get conversations done. Right? You don't mm-hmm. get conversations by attacking and that's what I was saying is these people write up it wasn't about like Oh, hey, this is what I believe in. No, it was like, it immediately was like, oh, the big orange asshole of this and, you know, fuck Trump that. And that's where I was like, as soon as they start doing that, I fucking turn it off because I don't want to hear the fucking hate of bullshit. And I wonder if that is kind of been spawned by by social media and this forum forum where there aren't, you know, we're not, we're posting things. We're not getting consequences of of what we say because we get to shield ourselves from that. But you are, but you are, if you say the wrong thing, then half the people come after you trying to cancel you. Yeah. But who cares? I mean, I mean, if you, if you don't have, if you're, if you're an influencer and suddenly you, 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 I hate that shit too. Yeah. (laughs) I'll get influencer my ass. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're, you're talking about like the TikTok influencers, but I mean, I'm talking about, you know, Joe yeah. Rogan is having to go through that because he's elevated himself to somewhere that what he thinks or what he says, uh, people are starting to, to. Well, and that's, par- that's another parrot, thing. Parrot Joe Rogan speak or in, and I'm just using him as an example because he's been yeah. recently. Well, he's the biggest the one right now, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see how once we have an audience, how that can affect, uh, the things we say. Um, but, uh, so that's, that's a very interesting thing that you bring up Joe Rogan. Cause one of the podcasts I did turn off actually were attacking and, and it's one that I really like. And it's one that I've listened to for several and they, they talk about comic book stuff, characters specifically. One person really knows them. Another person doesn't. And they were talking about Joe Rogan and, and how stupid he is and this and that. And I was like, clearly from listening to what they said, I was like, you have never actually listened to Joe Rogan. It was like literally they were jumping on the bandwagon of all these other people that are, are, are claiming all this stuff about him. And it's like, I was like, to say someone's stupid on your podcast, you know, it, it for, for, for having a different opinion of, you, you know, no, but what happens, that- what happens is, is people like Joe Rogan or people like hardcore, when she walks into the room and tells, uh, tells Adebayo to, to move desks, it becomes a triggering thing. It triggers an emotion, you know, whether it's the, the people that are listening to, to Joe Rogan get triggered by something he says, because he's not afraid to say things that are a little risky and stuff and elevates it. So he will trigger things. And 
when when you're faced with someone in a real situation, you can respond to that. You have a conversation or you can argue or do things to kind of get through it. But when you're just listening to a podcast or something like that and you get triggered, what do you do? You have to have some sort of outlet for that. You're upset and it becomes kind oh, of Oh, well, yeah. No, it, it happens becomes, all the time. It becomes kind of this, you become an activist and man, you, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're angry about it. And so it's driven by anger rather than because because you're not... We're, we're taking we're taking so much away from uh, this this ability to have conversations because it's so one sided. We listen to con- you know we're having a conversation. Yeah. We get to have a back and forth, and you know I know it's it can be get a little heated, but we get to come back at each other. Whereas someone listening to this might be upset and say, "Man, yeah. that person triggered oh, we're, me." Or we're gonna like get that. we're yeah. gonna get emails from Bo. I guarantee it. We're gonna get, <laughs> we're gonna get some text from Bo like, "Oh, you know, Steve was right. Doe was wrong. You know, I, I guarantee." Well, <laughs> no, I, just, I, I, I have a feeling, but no, I, I know what you're saying because I, I have been like that. I, it, when people say that on, when you don't have the conversation and that's, and that's part of but it. Yeah. That's, that's well, where part I, of the problem I mean, too, is people don't want to have the conversation. Yeah, but that, and that's, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of this conversation that I'm having tonight is inspired by this series that I think does such a good job of throwing a lot of these topics into the midst into the mix, almost like hand grenades and having them go off and seeing what happens. And you get to see how they affect other people and how they deal with it. And it's, so it's not just, it's not just throwing these things out to get a good laugh. You get a good laugh, True. but then there's consequences the next episode you have to deal with. And certainly a lot of these characters are shaped by what has happened to them in the past or even through these episodes yeah. that well, also, are, come from these, these, uh, these different this, social. In these episodes, they dealt with them directly, like right uh-huh. away. Sometimes someone would say something like, oh, wait, wait, you can't say that. And so they dealt with them directly. But then they also got the other side of it, which was good, because sometimes the, you would get the explanation of why the person said what it was, sure. whether you agree with it or not. And so, yeah, yeah you, you're 100% right. This this does deal with a lot of stuff like that in a comedy-based show that, you know. Well, it's a comedy that has a lot of empathy. It doesn't just let this stuff roll off and, and get that, a good laugh. You for... should put that, you should put that on IMDb. It's a comedy <laughs> with a lot of empathy. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and John Cena in his underwear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that beautiful scene when he's singing that I've gone away, oh, home God. sweet home and stuff. I mean, you're kind of, it's like, I'm not, well, I don't think I teared up, but, but I mean, it was, it I was... teared up when, when Eagley hugged him. I, yeah. I did tear up when Eagley hugged him. Yeah, that was that was smooth. I I, I want an eagle to hug. The the Hell, second I just want hug, my cat not, to let me not pet the him. first hug. The first hug was it was almost too soon because it was the first episode. The first one was it was but, like oh that that's cool. But yeah, that second one was like oh I, it just oh yeah so good. That's beautiful. So good. <laughs> I I like I like Eagley a lot. Um, all right. Well, I think we've we've talked about a lot about the show and a lot about our other thoughts on things about this yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but but that's what that's what it is. We tell them how we see it. Uh, we had some great drinks on this one. Um, I, I I fully recommend this to to people that uh, have a sense of humor. Um, can enjoy, you know, shows that aren't necessarily you know just safe down the, you know, you're, you're not, you, you might get triggered. You, I yeah. don't know. Like, you know, essentially, yeah, you might, uh, but it's fun and it's, it's, there's some good stuff in it. Some good character building. Um, season two will be around. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, I think James Gunn 
basically has written his ticket. He can he can do no wrong as far as the movie studios and TV studios or Harvard, whatever you call them. I don't know what you call. That's them. right. He's already su- survived uh, being fired and having his whole. <laughs> He's team been of canceled galaxy. and said, "Fuck that! Uh, yeah. I ain't canceled." You're well, that canceled. was because of the family he developed from Guardians of the Galaxy. They came to you know. Oh they, yeah. They put together a whole petition to. Well, but that's what I was saying about this. This is this is almost a story of like he is where it's like you know yeah he was he did something you know where it wasn't the greatest in the past but people can grow and that's that's the yeah. biggest problem I think story of people redemption. aren't allowed yeah. <laughs> there, there's no there's no chance for people to grow and in, in in you know uh, advance from where they were but anyways uh, peacemaker incredible show <laughs> it, it, I, it is what it, it it's what it is. It's on HBO Max. Uh, they have some other good DC stuff if you're into the DC universe. Um, I, I don't know how long until we get sec- second season. I, I'm assuming it'll probably be a year, till probably sometime around January of next year it'll come out. Um, James Gunn's definitely on board for it. I think all the actors uh, have already re-signed for the ones that are going to be part of it. I wonder if the rest of the Justice League is going to show up for this because we only oh got, we didn't even we only we got didn't Jason even talk about Momoa it. and. Uh, Res- uh... And, and Flash, what, what's what's his name? But the uh, other two were just Ezra. in silhouette. Uh, the Superman. Well, and then we, but yeah, yeah, we didn't even get uh, Batman or Cyborg who are part although, of it too. Although, although James Gunn said that there was a reason they weren't there, and he can't reveal that. So they, it's probably oh. something to do with uh, the extended story with the Justice League. Maybe they're coming back, or maybe it's something to do. Okay. with Okay. Their, their I thought it was story. because uh, Batman was off making his own movie, and Cyborg was a dick and ruined his own career. <laughs> well, I think they could have gotten away with it with with. Uh, with uh, silhouettes if they wanted to, uh, just like they did with Superman. And I was surprised that they didn't, but yeah, I love the fact that they had Jason Momoa and, and Ezra in there, and and especially the fact that he calls him out. He's like, uh, I don't fuck fish, and he's like, uh, Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, uh, I know we're getting back into it, but uh, um, Gunn had asked uh, Jason Momoa about that. He's like, are you, are you good with this? And and Momoa was like, Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. And <laughs> so he was fine with it. Um, so that was that was awesome. Yeah. Um, just this the whole fact of that. I mean, they call he calls out most of them through that. Like he calls out uh, Wonder Woman was uh, I effing him the whole time, right? <laughs> when he's talking to the kids, which yeah, fucking hilarious. Flash is a douche, a total douchebag or something. Like that. Yeah, always D. late. Yeah, and then uh, and then the. <laughs> Batman, they, they get into the whole thing is like, yeah, you know, if Batman would just fucking kill some of these guys, they wouldn't cut, get out of prison and kill a bunch of innocent people. Like, there's that, there's a big discussion on that one, and that's like, oh shit. So, they don't shy away from the big, the big guns in the DC. So well, they, even, they was... even brought out some minor characters, the whole Kite Man or something like that, and they were talking. Oh, and, and then they had the whole scientific from a comic. Yeah, and he's like, what? But what about the weight? And yeah, they had that whole conversation yeah. about gravity. Wouldn't he and crash all... already on his own? <laughs> No, no, that would not happen. That, that was that was part of that scene with you. Know, you ever met Wonder Woman? No, but uh, she she spent like two hours at a party. I effing me from the. Court. I was like, she's like, dude, I said effing. <laughs> That's a great scene where he's like in the classroom talking, and he's got like nicknames for all the kids. Oh my and god! In yeah. the credit, oh, the credits, all the kids are named by the the name he gave them. Oh, I didn't see that. That's great. Like, like sad eyes and all. It's just fucking hilarious. So I mean, James Gunn has got some. Good, some good comedic chops in him with with what he does. Yeah. All right. I think this is time to roll out on Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, until the next season, we'll we'll come back. I'm sure with it when it when it comes out because uh, we'll still be here. I'm sure. 
this is unlike yeah. uh, the new season of Picard, which is just dropping. I don't know if we're going to come back to that because the first season less, <laughs> left us a little. Uh, I, we're not going to hit it the way un- we did wanting. before. <laughs> no, yeah. We we will definitely not hit it the way we did before. We may cover it in a full like uh, one season review or say season two review because uh, yeah, I cannot. If it's anything like the first season, no, I cannot do that. Yeah. Uh, Orville should be showing up soon too. Uh, yep. I'm excited about that. Yep. So yeah, um, next week we're going to be covering uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang back with our uh, spouses episodes. So, That's right. Uh, this is sponsored by. This is brought to us by my wife, which I've got my audio all set up now, so I won't have any oh. issues with uh, <laughs> with having her. Won't have headset. to do that. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I I'm pretty sure I've seen this, but I don't remember it, so it's kind of be a new watch for me. So I'm I'm kind of excited about that. Pretty sure my wife has not seen it, so uh, I believe be this is pre Iron Man, but this is Robert Downey Jr. in the helm, and uh, oh, okay, so. Definitely pre-Iron Man. And Val Man. Kilmer, you got Iceman uh, as his sidekick. Definitely pre-Iron Man. <laughs> I think he was messed up by then. Uh, no, that's it sounds. I've I know the name, so I know it's a popular movie, so it'll be fun. I think this is one of those kind of cult, cult classicy type movies, so it it should be good. A uh, lot of fun. So join us next week for that. Um, and that's I think that's it for us. Unless you got anything else, Steve? No, that sounds good. Hail Caesars. Hail Caesars. Or as Sierra likes to say. What is that? <laughs> <laughs>